Well, as you turn it over there, there's a story that Jim Cimbala preaches, uh, t- uh, tells. He preaches out of New York. Some of you know his, his church up there. He says, It was Easter Sunday and I was so tired at the end of the day, I just went to the edge of the platform, pulled down my tie and sat down and draped my feet over the edge. It was a wonderful service with many people coming forward. The counselors were talking with these people. As I was sitting there, I looked up in the, the middle of the aisle and there in about the third row was a man who looked about 50. He was disheveled and filthy. He looked up at me rather sheepishly as if saying, Could I talk to you? We have homeless people coming in all the time asking for money or whatever. So I sat there. I said to myself, though I am ashamed of it, what a way to end a Sunday. I've had such a good time preaching and ministering and here's a fellow probably wanting some money for some more wine. He walked up and when he got within about five feet of me, I smelled a horrible smell like I never smelled in my life. It was so awful that when he got close, I would inhale by looking away and then I'd talk to him and then look away to inhale. I couldn't inhale facing him. I asked him, what's your name? David, how long have you been on the street? Six years. How old are you? 32. He looked 50. Hair matted, front teeth missing, wino, eyes slightly glazed. Where did you sleep last night, David? Abandoned truck. I kept in my back pocket a money clip that also holds some credit cards and I fumbled to pick one out thinking I'll give him some money. I won't even get a volunteer. They're all busy talking with others. Usually we don't give money to people. We take them out to get something to eat. I took the money out and David pushed his finger in front of me. He said, I don't want your money. I want this Jesus, the one you were talking about, because I'm not going to make it. I'm going to die on the street. Completely forgot about David and I started to weep for myself. I was going to give a couple of dollars to someone God has sent to me. See how easy it is? I could make the excuse I was tired. There is no excuse. I was not seeing him the way God sees him. I was not feeling what God feels. But oh, did that change. David just stood there. He didn't know what was happening. I pleaded with God. God, forgive me. Forgive me. Please forgive me. I am so sorry to represent you this way. Here I am with my message and my points and you send somebody and I'm not ready for it. Oh God. Something came over me and suddenly I started to weep deeper and David began to weep. He fell against my chest and I was sitting there. He fell against my white shirt and tie. I put my arms around him and there we wept on each other. The smell of his person became a beautiful aroma. Here's what I thought the Lord made real to me. If you don't love this smell, I can't use you. Because this is why I called you where you are. This is what you are about. You are about this smell. Christ changed David's life. He started memorizing portions of Scripture. They were that were incredible. We got him a place to live. We hired him in the church to do maintenance. And we got his teeth fixed. He was a handsome man when he came out of the hospital. They detoxed him for six days. He spent that Thanksgiving at my house. He also spent Christmas at my house. When we were exchanging presents, he, he pulled out a little thing and said, this is for you. It was a little white hanky. It was the only thing he could afford. A year later, David got to go and, and talk about his conversion to Christ. The minute he took the, the mic and began to speak, I said, the man is a preacher. This past Easter, we ordained David. He's an associate minister of a church over in New Jersey. And I was so close to saying, here, take this. I'm a busy preacher. Having an attitude of thanksgiving can change a lot of things. But it's an attitude that we have to have all the time. It's not one that we can put down for a little while and then pick up when we feel like it. God has called us to always be thankful. To always be gracious. To always give thanks. There are going to be Davids that come into our life. We've got to make sure that we see them. I hope as Thanksgiving approaches and gets close. And for those of you who are doing things at your house, look around. Look around church. Look around your neighborhood. Look around where... Find some people that you can invite. 
you can say, come on over to our house. Do you have no place to go? There's people, displaced families. They aren't uh, near a family anymore. Uh, make sure that no one's spending Thanksgiving alone. Go out there and be part of that. Find some folks. Always be on the lookout for a David. I enjoyed that story when I read that. wanted to make sure that you guys got a chance to, to hear that too. In Romans chapter 1, if you would turn over there. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in righteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even His eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Thankfulness can sometimes be endangered. I'll tell you what, we run into problems when we get out of being thankful. We are to always have that mentality of being thankful. Word of God in some of the Scriptures we read before talk about being thankful always. We have to make sure that we do that. In Psalms 100, Psalm 100 verse 4, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. How are we entering into His courts? Thanksgiving. thanksgiving. And into His courts with praise. Or his gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. This is how we're supposed to do this. Don't do it differently. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were also called in one body and be that's the state we are to be in. Not become thankful, but be thankful. We've read over these verses before. Wanted to read over them uh, again with you because sometimes we can get to be forgetful. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. What we saw in that verse was we are to be present tense, always giving thanks, even though the victory is future. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. We may not be in triumph yet, but He always leads us in triumph. Be thankful now. Triumph will come. Don't wait for the triumph to get here. Now remember, we looked at the story of Jehoshaphat. In the story of Jehoshaphat, they went out to the battle and they put the praises in first because that's what God said to do. That's how God said to do it. But it said in that passage of Scripture that when they came back, they came back with joy. Do you know that you can be thankful even though you may not feel joyful? Stop waiting to feel joyful to be thankful. And just be thankful. You can be thankful even if you don't feel joyful. Can't always generate being joyful, but you can generate being thankful. And just go before God and be thankful. So we have to make sure we maintain these ideas, these attitudes. Now here's some phrases to listen for, and you could keep on going writing a whole lot more than this. I just wrote down, what, six of them? And you can go on through and you can, you can just let God start showing you some other things, or as you go through the week, you may find one. Oh, that's an unthankful phrase. And you just make note of it and you just change it. Now, I didn't write this in your outline. It may not be impossible to have spoken or thought these things and still remain thankful. But it is at least difficult. So if you're thinking, you hear me say one of these things, say, oh, wait a minute, I'm still thankful. and maybe, All right, maybe. But it's at least difficult to say these things or think these things and still remain thankful. Now, if you said any of these things this week, I wasn't there listening. But these are common things that we all say. And we've all thought them even though we haven't always vocalized them. How many of you have said this thing? That's not fair. Is that a phrase of a thankful person? What is that person looking at? What I got gypped on. What I didn't get. What's not mine. So and so got that. I didn't get it. I want it. That's not fair. You let that thought get in you and you are allowing thankfulness to become endangered. Don't let thankfulness become endangered. Here's another one. 
Why not? Why not? Why can't I have that? Why not? If God says, don't do that, why not? Am I thankful? No. That's, that's a phrase that is generally associated with unthankful and thankfulness. I'm disappointed. Is it possible to be disappointed without being unthankful? If I'm disappointed, it's because I was expecting something else and I got this. Christmas is coming up and maybe you're, you're hoping that underneath the Christmas tree will there be the keys to a Mercedes Benz. And instead you get the keys to a Chevy. And you say, I'm disappointed. <laughs> you say, praise God. That's right. No, you, you don't do that. You get your sight set on one thing, you begin to think, well, I deserve that. And then it doesn't come in. I deserve better. It's hard to maintain an attitude of thankfulness saying this. Nobody likes me. Certainly not the phrase of an unthankful person, is it? What are we focused on? What people aren't doing for me? What people are doing for others? I am unthankful for what I receive. I'm not mindful of what I receive. I'm not mindful of what God's doing for me. I'm not mindful of what others have done for me. I'm only mindful of what wasn't done. Nobody likes me. Here's one. I quit. Anybody ever said that? Moms and dads, parenting. Have you ever you know, been parenting your kids and say, I quit. If you have not, you have not been a parent very long. It will come. Husbands and wives, did you ever say that? I mean, we can, we can quit a whole lot of stuff. But generally, when we yell out of frustration, I quit, it's generally, I didn't get what I wanted, I didn't, something, something along those. Now, I'm not saying that you have to say that and that automatically makes you an unthankful person. I know some people, they've been in jobs and they ask you to do unethical things and you say, I quit. That's different. Thank you, Father God, that you have given me principles and things to operate by. And because of that, I will quit this and trust you. That is different. That's why I said it may not be impossible to have spoken or thought these things and still remain unthankful. See, I wrote that in there. I knew you were all going to think something like that. So it is possible. But just be aware that that attitude can come in. And be on guard against it because we don't want thankfulness to become endangered. We want it to be abundant and plentiful. Lots of thankfulness are going on. A thankful mentality is to be mindful of what God has blessed you with. That's a thankful mentality. Every time I'm going around, I am just mindful of what God has blessed me with. What has God blessed me with? And I'm just mindful of that. An unthankful mentality is to be mindful of what God, others, or life in general has kept from you. I don't have this. I don't have this. Unthankfulness. We saw this some, it was a while ago that we covered Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But remember, Jacob had how many sons? He had a dozen of them. Now, you could be missing one. I mean, if no one here probably had a dozen kids, but you had half that many, you could probably be missing one and not notice. Right? I mean, sometimes you've had less than that and you've uh, not noticed that someone was missing. Imagine having 12. And then all of a sudden, one became missing. Remember, Joseph became missing? And his dad's all upset about it because the one's missing. And he's not even enjoying the ones that he has because one's missing. He's not liking that. You can be un- become unthankful and focus on all these other things. David had to be brought to that realization by his commander-in-chief of the army. He said, You are so upset over the loss of your son that all the men who survived are beginning to think that you don't care about them. And so David realized that and got up and fixed himself and went on out and changed his attitude. Thankfulness can become endangered. We have to make sure that it does not. Here, in this passage, we're seeing that thankfulness became endangered and some of the problems that they had with it. 
For since, verse 20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. There is no one alive in this world who is without excuse for disbelieving God. None of the guys in Congress are excused. None of the Al Gores around the world who are going around talking about how delicate our earth is. None of the news media people who try as desperately as they can to hide the truth from you while promoting the things that they want to promote and their anti-God mentality. None of these folks are without excuse. They may not be believing in God, but they have no... There is not a soul on this earth who has an excuse to disbelieve God. And that's what he's saying here. They may not believe God from the Word, but you can just look around. You think that our earth just happened to be the right distance from the sun? You think that life as complex as it is just happened to be? No, come on. So they're, they're denying all that. But then he goes on, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God. Nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. They left that area being thankful. We're not thankful for the things that we have. We're not thankful for the things that God has given us. I'll tell you what, God has given us all kinds of things and we should be thankful for it. When God made this earth, He made this earth with such resources like coal and oil. How many of you are thankful for coal and oil? Go home and flip on your lights and understand the reason you're not paying as much is because coal is around. And most of you drove your, your cars here from where you were. Imagine having to walk or to walk to the grocery store. How do you get here on the, on the car? Thank God for oil. How did your supermarket shelves get stocked? Thank God for oil. I mean, they were stocked before oil was around, but not as easily. You want to go back to the wild, wild west? And the stagecoach got robbed and we don't have anything in the store this week? We'll have to wait to the next stagecoach? The train didn't get through? We don't have that problem, do we? Thank God for these things. God's put these things in the earth. You know why He put them here? For us. And we got all these folks who want us to be unthankful for these things. I thank God that He's even given us the ability to understand how to split an atom and make electricity out of it. I mean, is that not the coolest thing in the world? And got all these environmentalists out there messing with our nuclear power. We haven't built a new one in, in a long, long time. But that provides a whole lot of cheap power. And how many of y'all know that nuclear waste is bad? Y'all know nuclear waste is bad? And nuclear power generates? Except for the fact that Congress stood in the way of us being able to turn our nuclear waste into energy and not have any nuclear waste at all. Did you all know that one? There was no reason we would have any nuclear waste at all if it wasn't for Congress. Thank God for congressmen <clears throat> and women. <laughs> right? Be thankful. Be thankful. Don't get unthankful. We got to stay being thankful. But they want to put, you know, they, and they're the ones that, are, that have uh, pointed out, well, nuclear power has waste. If you do the research, you'll find out the same thing I do. There will be no nuclear waste if it was not for Congress. Because we have a way to take the waste and use it for power. And it's all gone. Hmm. Y'all, boy, looking at your faces, y'all didn't know that, did you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, technology is phenomenal, folks. It is something else. They want you to think that technology has caused this earth to be dirty. The cleanest nation on the face of this earth is the United States of America. You know why? Because we have the technology to clean up any mess we make. We have the technology to clean the air. Other places don't. Go over to China. Take a look at what's going on in there. I would rather not, but you can if you want to. So be thankful. Professing to be wise, they become fools. Boy, does not that describe people we see today, huh? And change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. 
Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Is that not what we're doing today? You know, the people out in California, whole sections of California cannot get water because there's a small fish that might be endangered. However, they have no problems building windmills that destroy birds by the hundreds, including some endangered ones. And they do not bother with that at all. Is that consistent? Absolutely not. They're out there, well, we can't do this, we'll hurt the little fish. I'll bet you they could find a way to get the water and not hurt the little fish. But they're not giving them a chance to do it. They're worshiping the creature instead of the Creator. And they pass it off. Well, we have to respect Mother Earth. We have to respect the earth, the world. And that's what we need to do. That's responsible. That's worshiping the creature, not the Creator. And you know, I, I never promote anybody to go out there and abuse the earth. You follow me around, you'll find out I don't toss a single piece of trash on the floor, on the ground, outside. I pick up trash. I didn't leave it there, but I pick it up because I think cleaning up the earth is good. It's just a nice, responsible thing to do. But I don't worship the creature. I worship the Creator. That's how we're supposed to be doing it. But you see, when they do this, and this is a pattern that they fall into, they begin to worship the creature they begin to worship the, the, the things that were created, not the Creator. They begin to deny all the things that point to God. And God says, fine, if you want to go that way, I'm uh, hands off. Just go and, and be as nasty as you want. And they just drift off and do things that sometimes we scratch our head and say, how can people do this? How can people be so evil? How do people like Hitler come up and how can you do stuff, the, the things that he did? And be human. And many other rulers are even as nasty as or nastier. I mean, there were Caesars that were pretty nasty. Slaughtering people all over. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. Now, you don't need a, a whole lot to get into to figure out what this is. Talk about homosexuality. People have fallen into this. God has, has... They've turned their back on God and they've gone after the creature. They've gone after... And God has just... Oh, go ahead. Follow it. See where it goes. What a nutso way to go. Now, you don't have to like the sin of the homosexuals. And I don't like the sin of the homosexuals, but that doesn't mean I have to hate them. We want to love them into the kingdom. Get them out of that sin. And get them going the right way. The same way we'd want to do that with murderers. The same way we want to do that with thieves. But I'm not going to ever stand there and say, well, homosexuality is okay. Understand our Congress is trying to get some things going through that will make it tough for churches to stay tax exempt and preach against these things. That is what's coming. They, have to, they are trying. They are putting some things through. They've already put some things through that make it tougher. It's all right if I end up in jail sometime. It's all right. <laughs> I'm ready for it. But this is what the Bible says. This is what it comes in. But they can't understand how you can condemn the act without the person doing the act. Well, it's easy. In my mind, it's easy. But this is what they give themselves over to homosexuality. you got girls dating girls and guys dating guys. I mean, that's just... Guys were made for girls and girls were made for guys and it was not any other way around. And that's just the way that it is. Thank God. I mean, if I want to play football, I don't want to play with a bunch of girls. <laughs> I want guys out there. We play hockey, I tell you that, on, on, on Tuesday nights. And there was a bid to try and make it co-ed. And at that point, I was already up and running the, the, the particular league and the, the guy who ran the, the whole YMCA was pushing for this. I said, if you do it, I'm out. I'm done. You can find somebody else to run it because I will not play. Now, I enjoy you ladies, but not on the hockey court. And I'm not saying you can't play hockey. You can play hockey, just get a bunch of girls together. You all go play hockey. When I'm playing hockey, I want the guys. 
Because I want to put somebody into the wall and not feel bad about it. Sometimes. <laughs> no, I like playing around with some of the guys. Some of the guys, you know, you can put them in the wall and come afterwards and say, hey, that was a good play. Yeah, you yeah, And I, I think that's fun. That's the extent of what I like to do with the guys, you know, the rough house, rough house and goof around and do some stuff like that. But there had never had any desire to hold hands with any of those guys at hockey. <laughs> not at all. Hold hands with my wife. Not, not them guys. No. I don't understand it. it repulses me, but... Ugh. But anyway, we still love the people. And we still try and get them into the kingdom. So we don't preach any gospel of hate, but understand in the end times, all this that we stand for as the Christian church will be posed as hating. As we hate these people and we hate these groups and we hate these ones that are do this. And all kinds of violence will be put upon us. This is not the first time it's occurred. It's not even the second time it's occurred. It's not the third time it's occurred. It's occurred over and over where Christians, because of their principles, have been blamed as being haters. And it will occur again in the end times and it will be very strong. But we're not. We're called to love them. Thank God. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do things which are not fitting. But remember, this all came about because they rejected God and stopped being thankful. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetous, malicious, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and evil-mindedness, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God. Violent, proud, boasters, inventors of, e- inventors of evil things. We're not content with what's evil out there. We've got to invent new stuff. Disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who know, knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do they do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. We don't need to get into all the details of all that, but I want you to see what happens. And one of the things that he attributes to people going down this path is being unthankful. Denying God and becoming unthankful. Of all the things he could have picked to put in here, it's interesting to note that he picks being unthankful. That if you allow yourself to become unthankful, all manner of evil is open to get inside of you. You become unthankful. If you become unthankful about your children, all manner of evil thoughts are able to get in. If you become unthankful. If you become unthankful about your spouse, all manner of evil thoughts can come in. If you become unthankful about anything that you have, all manner of evil thoughts can come in about those things. So be on guard and just stay thankful. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for the things that I have. Because really, I don't deserve a thing. But glory to God. You have seen to give me this and you've given me this and you've blessed me with this and you healed me here and you blessed me financially and, and you just go over all. Stay thankful. Because thankfulness, folks, can become endangered. But we're called to embrace thankfulness. Embrace it. Don't just let it sit out there, but embrace it and hang on to it. This is yours. Thankfulness belongs to you. Don't let anything pull that out of your hand. Don't let it. Because the enemy is subtle. And we've already looked at several times in, in the history, in the, in the Word of God, where the devil got in and got people to become unthankful. Adam and Eve became unthankful of a perfect garden with a perfect relationship with God in a perfect atmosphere in which job, uh, uh, job and, uh, employment, 100% employed people. No need for Social Security. No need for health care coverage. No need for hospitals. No need for an emergency room. No need for traffic cops. No need. Perfect world. And despite that, the devil's able to get in. It can be better. (laughs) And they became unthankful for the greatness of what they had. Don't ever become unthankful. Be on guard for it each time because it comes in subtly. It comes in a little bit. Do you think that Eve became unthankful of all the trees that were good instantly? I'm sure she still has some thankfulness about her, about some, but just a little bit of unthankfulness came in. 
Mm. Colossians chapter 3 says, Therefore, verse 12, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body and be thankful. He's commanding them. And be thankful. So he first all starts off, let the peace of God rule, which means you can let the peace of God not rule. If you are in a situation, the peace of God is not there. Guess what? You let it out. Let the peace of God rule. Anytime I am in a situation and the peace of God is not ruling, whose fault is it? It is mine. It is not the person who made me mad. It is not the driver who pulled in front of me. Is it? You remember we were I was just on a uh, went somewhere sometime, sometime this week and it seemed like every person in front of me had a desire to not go the speed limit. And I don't mean in a 45 they were doing 42. Because quite truthfully, that can aggravate me. I have to make sure I be on my guard. Because I don't like going 42 when I can be going 45. That's three miles per hour. I am missing. But when you're going 35 in a 45, oh, it can, it can be tough to maintain that thankful attitude. 30, 35, and then finally they turn off. And then someone else gets in front who decides that 32 is a good... Oh, that can be tough. I just got rid of that one. What are you doing, doing going this way? This isn't right. We were driving around last night and we're on a, on a road and it had uh, one of those uh, dotted lines and not dotted line and dotted line and, and there's this person in front. They were going very slowly. I do not remember how slowly they were going, but they were going very slowly. And so traffic was beginning to, to back up. I was the one though directly in back of them. So it is my responsibility to pass them because I'm the one right behind. And so, just as soon as you would get to a dotted line, someone would be coming the other way and couldn't go. And you have to wait. And then as soon as they went on by, the dotted line would end. And now you have a double yellow line and you're not allowed to go across the double yellow line. And So I didn't go across the double yellow line. I stayed behind it and waited for the next dotted line. And it came. And so did another car. And it was a very short double or a very short dotted area and I missed it. So I waited for the next one. Here it comes. It took a while, but finally it came and so did another car. Well, at this point, the person behind me is getting a little frustrated us going this long. So they begin to flash their lights at me. I'm thinking, do you not see <laughs> what is going on here? So when we finally got to a dotted yellow line and no other car was coming, I floored it. I do not know what speed of which I was traveling when I went past the individual. I was not concerned about my passing speed. I was concerned to get to the other side. I was just thinking the words of Jesus. Let us get to the other side. And I got to the other side. <laughs> And glory to God, I got to the other side. But you know, that can be really frustrating to get behind people who just have all the time in the world and therefore you also have all the time in the world. And it can get you out of being thankful and maintaining that. <laughs> Especially for those of us who like to do everything fast. Let the peace of God rule you. If the peace of God is not ruling you, it is not the fault of the car in front of you. It is not the fault of the short area of double 
or dotted yellow line. Let the peace of God rule. It's up to you. And be thankful. That's up to you too. It is up to you. It is not up to anyone else. I must maintain this. So as soon as I begin to notice that unthankfulness is coming in, what must I do? Well, a thankful mentality is to be mindful of what God has blessed me with. An unthankful mentality is to be mindful of what God, others, or life in general has kept from me. So I have to make sure, thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. No, I don't, you don't have to thank Him. Thank you, Father God, that I have such an evil boss. Thank you, Father God, that my boss is so evil to do some of the things. That, no, you don't thank God for that. That's obviously not from God. That's bad, but thank you, Father God, that this evil boss pays me this money every week. <laughs> you, can, you can find things that God has truly done and thank Him for. And just maintain being thankful. Those bad traits of your boss, probably not from God. You don't have to thank God for those. But thank you, Father God, that for as long as I'm here, I'll be an influence of them. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Who's that up to? It's up to me. We got a Word. How many of y'all know you got Word in you? I hope y'all keep listening. Tapping into other other ministries or listen to other things and, and pull it in all the Word that you can. Get all the Word. Keep listening to the Word. Get it in you. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you in richly. But once you get it, you got to keep meditating on it. you got to keep putting it a, finding a place to put it to work. How can I make this go? What can I do? Make it work. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Well, find ways to do that. Teach each other. Find the ways to, to be able to, to do that. Admonish one another in psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Not grumbling and complaining, but singing with grace in your hearts. Just because, glory to God, the peace of God rolls in my heart because I make it. The word, of, the word of God dwells in me richly because I make it. The peace of God is all over. I have joy. I am thankful because I decided to be that way. You are not thankful because you have stuff to be thankful for. You're thankful because you decide to. There's always stuff you don't have. Always stuff you don't have. Everybody in this world, has, there's stuff they don't have. They may have more stuff than you do, but there's still stuff they don't have. They may know of stuff you don't even know of. And they don't have it. You don't know you don't have it because you don't know what's out there. But be thankful. Don't worry about it. Be glad for the things that you have. Just be glad for what we have. Sometimes we are, we are so unthankful for the things we have that we're out there trying to find all this other stuff. What we can do. How many of y'all know uh, the, the space pen? Everybody have a space pen? You know what a space pen is? Space pen, they're, they're pretty cool little things. Space pen will work in water. Space pen will work upside down. You pull your space pen out of your pocket, your space pen is ready to write. How many of you ever pulled a pen out and it's not ready to write? And you got to scratch on something to get it to go. Isn't that, a, isn't that frustrating? You know, and you're scratching and ruining the piece of paper and scratching trying to get it to go and it's not going. And you don't know, is it dead? Is there no ink? How many of you ever had a pen that ran out of ink? Really? Truly? You had it that long? It ran out of ink? Okay, good. Most people don't. Where's my pen? My wife has my pen. I've had that pen. Y'all remember I told you about this story about this pen? Seven years. One pen. It's run out of ink a few times. I just buy new ink, put it in. I like that pen. Seven years. I'm going to keep that pen. It's a good pen. But it runs out of ink. Now, that's not a space pen. It's just a normal pen. You hold it upside down, it isn't going to work. But I got this space pen. Then I keep around in the shop. I have these, these jeans I wear. I put them, put it in my pocket. And it's a great pen because it's about that big. And it fits in my pocket. And I hardly even know it's there. But when I need it, I can pull it out. And it's got a cap on it. And you pull the cap off. And you put the cap on the other end. And it's a big pen. And it'll write anywhere at any time. Because it's a space pen. You know why we invented them? 
because when we went to the uh, went to the moon and went into space, pens won't work. There's no gravity. So we had to come up with a pen that would work. And they worked long and hard until they finally found out how to make this pen work. Isn't that great? You know what the Soviets did? They used a pencil. Now, what was better? <laughs> pencil don't need gravity. Pencil always works. So we we forgot to be appreciative of pencils. We stopped being thankful about pencils, and we had to find out because we found out that we're not grateful for this pen that doesn't write upside down or outside of gravity. How many things do we have that are simple? God's blessed us with, but oh, we lost sight of it. Don't lose sight of being thankful for the things you have, even if they aren't the super new space pen. It's a pencil. Pencils work. Thank God for that. Pencils do work. They just break easier. That's all right. Singing with grace in your hearts. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Do it all. Whatever you do, no matter whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you do whatever you do in the name of the Lord Jesus, guess what? You better be thankful. Let the peace of God roll. Let the Word of God roll. This is a thing that you must maintain on a regular basis. You must maintain thankfulness. How many of you all know you have to maintain your home? Homes do not maintain themselves. You must maintain them. If you, if you think, wonder about that, just going driving down some roads, especially in some of the rural areas, not rural, the urban areas, and uh, take a look at some of the houses that have been left by themselves. No one inside. Guess what happens to them? Boy, they don't look so good. Homes do not take care of themselves. Cars do not take care of themselves. You may ignore problems, but they don't take care of themselves. They need help. They need oil to be changed. And you know what? Cars don't always tell you that. At least that used to be the case. Not so much the case now. You know your cars actually talk to you now? I have a car that now talks to me. It sends my car, sends me an email every month to tell me how things are going. Yes, it does. It sends me an email every month. It says your oil is about 46% wore out. It says your tire and your right front, right front um, side is uh, low. You need to put some air in it. It tells me this stuff. It gives me, it emails me the tire pressure on all four of my tires. It tells me how my oil is doing. It tells me what, what things are coming up. It checks all systems in my car and says, yep, they're all go. Now, I don't know, I haven't seen anyone come up with a problem yet. But when one comes up with a problem, I guess it'll, in the email, it'll alert me to that and let me know about it. If I ever get my check engine light coming on, I can hit a button and it will send me an email exactly what's wrong with my car. Not bad, huh? Yeah. Your car may not talk to you yet, so you may have to get underneath the hood and check and see how the oil's doing. You may have to do the old-fashioned way and write it down. See if we've gone 3,000 miles yet. But make sure that you do that. Maintain your thankfulness. It is something you need to do all the time on a regular basis. Just like in your house, you have to maintain your refrigerator. Milk does not stay. Milk goes away. And you all know, especially if you have young boys. Did you all know that? Young boys drink four times as much milk as young girls. If you haven't had any boys, you don't know that. And they don't grow out of it too, too, uh, too uh, you know, long. My wife would say, I just got a gallon of milk two days ago. It's gone. Because Christian, Christian likes to drink milk. Oh, he can drink some milk. I said, well, that's good. He could be drinking other things. Milk's good. Drink milk. Absolutely. Get on out there and, and, and drink that. I don't know what it is about, about gals, but they just don't seem to drink as much milk as guys do. I know for myself, sometimes we, he and I would go out and we're on a bunk bed delivery and we'll buy a half gallon of chocolate milk. And it'll be gone by the time we get home. Both of us can down a half gallon of chocolate milk before we get back. Not a problem. Half gallon of milk is not hard to do. Now, a full gallon might take most of the day. 
Lamar's shaking his head. He knows, right? He knows. Milk, milk's it. Ah, oh, you're getting too much milk. No, I'm thankful for milk. Glory to God for cows. <laughs> Not in the goats. Not in the goat milk. I like the cow milk. You like goat milk? Good. Be glory to God for goats for you. Yeah, that doesn't make it into our house. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't deal with that. Soy milk. What is that about? So there's no milk in soy. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, these are not attitudes, folks, that are given to you, but ones you maintain. You have got to maintain these things. And if you let down on your car, if you let down on your house, bad things happen. You may not be aware of it, but bad things begin to sneak in. Bad things begin to happen. Don't let it happen to your spiritual life. And what God is telling us is maintain thankfulness. The same way you start up your car and you look at the gauge, how much gas is in it? That's maintaining your car, isn't it? You need to maintain yourself. How much thankfulness is in me? Am I getting low on thankfulness? I, I need to get more thankfulness. I need to have this thing go on. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Philosophy can cheat you. Do not let all that stuff begin to come in and you begin to think about, oh, I should have this. Oh, and this should be going on. And things should be better for me here. No. Maintain thankfulness. Maintain it. Every day, be thankful for your spouse. Every day, be thankful for your parents. Every day, be thankful for your kids. Every day, be thankful for your house. Every day, be thankful for your car. Every day, be thankful for the clothes that you have. Every day, be thankful for the job that you have. Every day, be thankful for the stuff that God has blessed you with. Every day, be thankful for the opportunities you have to minister to other people. Every day, be thankful for the people that come along your path that you get to love. That you get to minister to. Father God, I thank you today for the people you will send me. I will not be blind to them. I will not miss the Davids that come into my life. I'll find them. Thank you for sending them to me. Thank you for counting me worthy that you would send such a one to me to minister to him. Thank you. In Ephesians chapter 5, you can flip on over there. Verse 1, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Be imitators of God. That's the thing that we're supposed to be doing. Be imitators of God. But how often do we imitate other people? No, be imitators of God. Go right to the source. Be an imitator of Him. How is God in this situation? How does God love people? How does God handle people? How thankful is God? And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Well, it's, it's just a slightly off-color joke. Is that thankful? For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Do not be partakers. Don't partake of this. When the world becomes unthankful, ungrateful, unloving, not nice to everybody, don't you become partakers of it. You are to stand different. You are to be imitators of God. Not to go after those things. Yeah, but brother or sister so-and-so isn't doing that. But you are to be imitators of God, not brother or sister so-and-so. Well, they're not doing a very good job of being an imitator of God. But you're not supposed to imitate how they imitate God. You are supposed to imitate God. Which all you need to be concerned about is how good of an imitator are you? Be imitators of God. 
Just keep looking to, the, to Him. He's the one I want to imitate. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable in the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Expose them. Don't get in there. Don't pow up with them. Don't become unthankful like they're unthankful. Don't become unpraiseworthy of God like they're unpraiseworthy of God. Don't become disrespectful of the Word like they're disrespectful of the Word. Don't become unfaith, not, not people of faith like they're not people of faith. No. Don't, don't get, get involved with that. Stay away from it. You are children of light. Don't join them. Expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the, by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. That's how we are to be. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's a thankful person, huh? And that's what he says next. Giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be thankful always. No one should ever find you not being thankful. Which means you should never be a grumbler or a complainer. Never. Because grumbling and complaining is not thankfulness. Don't become a grumbler or a complainer. Yeah, but everybody at work is always... But you're not to be imitators of everybody at work. You're to be imitators of? God. Yeah, but look at the things that come to them and they're grumblers and complainers. But you're not to be imitators of them. You're not to be fellowshipping with them. You're not to be partakers of them. You're to be partakers of God. That's what God's calling you to. You are children of light. They're probably not. And if they're not, don't imitate them. Understand, they're not walking in the light that I'm, that I'm walking in. And don't look down on them for it. Just love them and be thankful. And eventually they're going to say, man, what is it about you? You just seem to go through life and just nothing really affects you. You're always at peace. You're always thankful. You're always loving to people. You're always kind. You're always nice. How is that that you do that? It's Jesus. The love of God in me. Can I tell you about it? I'd love to tell you about it. Oh, I don't know how you live in this life without it. Helps me out. They don't need to believe the Word. They need to believe you. But eventually when they see you and they believe what, what they see in you, you'll lead them to belief in the Word. You ever see those billboards that are on the side of the road and they put the Scripture up on the billboard and demand that people get saved and come to Christ and all that? I drive by those things and I say, you're putting something out there that they cannot respect. They don't respect the Scripture because they're not born again. They don't fear God. They don't honor God. They don't honor His Word. Why would they respect it because it's up on a billboard? They have to respect it in your life. They have to see it in you. You should be the billboard. Walking around, standing out as being different, always being thankful, always rejoicing. Glory to God. That's what we are to be. That's what God's called us to be. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, giving thanks always. And then he comes up with that last one, submitting to one another. Oh, why did he do that? Unthankful people do not submit. Do you know that? Unthankful people do not submit to anyone, let alone to one another. They don't do it. You look around. You just watch some people. And you find some thankful people and you observe them. You know what? They're submitted to people. They're submitted to one another. They're submitted to God. Unthankful people are not submitted. Because first off, they haven't submitted to God and His Word who says, always be thankful. So if they're not going to submit to God and His Word, why would they submit to one another? There are some people who submit to one another as long as the one another agrees with them. That's not submission. But he says, submit to one another. 
which means, you know what? You all can miss it. I can miss it. Sometimes other people need to come up and say, you know what? You're missing it. All right. Submit to one another. Rejoice always. Be thankful all the time. It is something you must maintain on a regular basis. But if you can cultivate that atmosphere of always being thankful, always being glad, not getting down, not getting glum, not getting depressed, not looking at, oh, well, so-and-so didn't help me out here. Oh, so-and-so didn't do this for me here. Oh, this should have been done. I should have been paid this. This should have happened here. No, be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for what God has given you. And then God can give you more. But be thankful for what you have. And don't be thankful, well, Father, I'll be thankful for this as long as I get more down the road. That's not a thankful person. Don't be doing that. Be thankful. Father God, I thank you for the people that are in my life. I thank you. Because it's, oh, it's good. And you know what? No matter what situation you're in, you can find reasons to not be thankful. My wife and I, folks, we are thankful of you. Sure, it'd be nicer if church was bigger. There's more people. There's more things that are going on. But you know what? We're not going to lose sight of who you are. We're not going to lose sight of being thankful for you. Because you are some of the best church people we've ever been in contact with. We've ever been associated with. We love the fact that we can fellowship with you all like family. We love that fact. We love the fact of how when, when something happens for someone that others jump in, come in to help out. We love how y'all pray for each other. We love how y'all hang around on Sundays after church. After church on Wednesdays and hang out and just talk with each other because you enjoy each other. You know, it's not that way in all churches. You know, in some churches, as soon as church is over, they all leave. I know that's strange to you. But some places that happens. They all leave. They never get together. They never even go out to eat together. They never fellowship with each other. They don't have that. We have that here. That's why I keep pushing with you all the time. If you haven't gone out to eat, come out to eat. Build up some of those relationships. And you do. And many of you keep on. You know, once a month or so, you'll, you'll head on out. Oh, it's so good. We, we're always thankful. Sometimes it's easy to get our eyes on, well, who's not here? How many people are not? But you know what? We're thankful for y'all. Thankful that you're here. Thank you that you love on each other the way that you do. We're thankful that you pray for each other the way that you do. Thankful that you're hungry for the Word the way that you are. We're thankful that when you hear someone get into something in the Word, you go home and dig into it more. Always are we thankful for that. Because you want more out of the Word of God. Not all churches are like that. But you all are. We're thankful for that. We're thankful we can come on in and God can do whatever He wants. And you are okay with that. We're thankful that you all come in to worship God. And don't get tired of worshiping God. You may get tired of standing, but you don't get tired of worshiping God. Sometimes you sit down and take a little break from standing, but you're still worshiping God. And we're thankful that other people who are sitting around you don't look there and say, how come you're sitting down? We're thankful that the attitude doesn't come around. We're thankful for the people who come out early to get things set up and do the things that are going on. Oh, it's the... thankful for that. We're thankful for the people who put so much into what they do. You all are a neat church. And we're thankful for you. Be thankful for the things that you have. Be thankful for what God has blessed you with. Don't ever count it as nothing. Because what you have from God is everything. Oh, it's good. Would you all stand up with me? Father, we're thankful to You. We know that attitude of thankfulness is something we have to maintain. That we have to continually go over. Thank You, Father, for these things. Thank You for what we have. Because so often, just like the Israelites, our sights can get set on the fact that there's no food here. There's no water here. There's no leeks. There's no garlic. There's no onions. And we forget that there's no shackles. 
that there's no whips, that there's no masters, that there's no slave huts, that there's no quotas. Oh, Father God, we were in bondage once to sin and You set us free. Thank You, Father. We are thankful. We are no longer in bondage like we were before. But we have been set free. We are free to fellowship. We are free to enjoy each other. We are free to love on each other. We are free to to learn about Your Word and share Your Word with each other. And Father, we thank You for it. We give You the praise and the glory for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.